Hello, yummy mummies. Welcome to Beyond the Bump, a podcast brought to you by Jade Caldwell and Sophie Pierce. This podcast is targeted at mums, mums to be, and women in general. And gents, feel free to have a listen too. It's a place to have real discussions and ask real questions, no matter how hard, with honest and authentic people. The aim is to have you feeling lighter, more supported, and more understood after every listen. Now, we can't promise that it will always be kept PG, so please be mindful around little ears. Here we go. Hello, Jade, and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Bump. Beyond the Bump. What a place to be (laughs) in the bump. Today we are talking to the one and only Melissa Butterworth. My mum, a.k.a. Mimi, a.k.a. Mims, a.k.a. Mimoire. A.k.a. Gilf to me, which is grandma I'd like to... A.K.A. Milf to my husband, husband which is just freaking gross. But anyway. Before we get there, how has your week been? Uh, it's been really, really good. Okay, so I'm going to go straight into my high and I'm going to, you haven't heard this yet, but I feel like I need to just say it here I'm and nervous. see what people think. I reckon we should have, what? You're pregnant. No way. Oh, gosh. I don't know. No, I reckon we should have a segment in our podcast somewhere that is called Rude or Fabulous and it's where people write in a story that is so either rude or fabulous and we have to make the decision if it's rude or fabulous. Oh, my gosh, amazing. So mum had this story the other night, actually it was last night, and she said that she was walking outside a shop and this woman had a camel toe and this other woman, an older, older woman like in her 70s, Older, older. Sorry if you're 70 and listening to this. She got out of her car and she goes to her, oh, for God's sake, tuck it out of your vagina. And she looked at her mortified. Now, is that rude or is that fabulous? so rude. Now, see, I think that is absolutely fabulous. What, that she's got to 17 she's like, I don't give a shit about anyone else. And you know what? She's pulling up that girl who has got a camel toe. Yeah, but you can say it nicer than that. It's like telling someone they got sushi in their teeth. You can say, hey, just letting you know, a bit of gnawing yeah, in their I teeth. Know. Or you can go, hey, dickhead, <laughs> you've got the whole sushi shop in your front teeth. Like there's ways you can go about <laughs> but it. I think I think the way that she went about it is fabulous. There's this old lady that is yelling at the side of her car about someone else's that camel toe. That is actually toe. the only thing I'm getting excited about when I get old, like proper old. A camel toe? Not the camel toe. I've got the a camel no filter. toe now. It's just being able to say what whatever you want. the hell you want and just actually, being like, I don't care. My grandma said to my mum, and I know that my grandma will listen to this, she said the other day, she's like, out of nowhere, oh, I noticed Mia's tooth isn't straight. <laughs> and mum's like, That is such a no-filter comment to say. Like, it will go straight, but if it doesn't, what if it doesn't? are you still going to love it? Yeah, is that okay? (laughs) Anyway, it's just really funny. Well, I love the idea of rude or fabulous. I would love to introduce a couple of segments into the show. So if anyone else wants any more segments, I think rude or fabulous will be great Once a Once a week, well, every episode, obviously, we will put two rude or fabulouses and we'll make a decision and we'll have the story in. Yeah, perfect. So that's your high of the week? Yeah. Well, now it is because you like it. Some poor chick's camel toe on the street. (laughs) That was probably her low. No, my other high, just quickly, is my best friend from Melbourne. 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 (laughs) Well, where are we today? (laughs) Very fancy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, get a grip. My friend Georgia is up and my parents are up, obviously, because mum is in the podcast today and it has just been a really fun time. So, Is she your friend who you talked about on the last episode? Yeah, she is. And can I say thank you so much to everyone who's been loving the friends chat? You know, we'd had a few people ask for us to talk about making friends as mums, but oh we my didn't gosh, know you guys were so seems, desperate. Yeah, we didn't realize you've you been all. like <laughs> listening to your heart's content, but good on you. We love no, it. That's great. We're kidding. We love you. And yeah, we, we feel you. Um, no, but my low is my anxiety this week has been through the effing roof. And I'm not sure if it's because I've got little like heaps of hats on top of my other hats that I'm wearing Mm. and I've got people that I want to make sure that they're having a good time Mm. and I've got a lot of work on at the moment but it has probably taken me for a six and I just feel really, just really 
not myself, which is a shame, but I know because I've been through it time and time again that I will get through it if I don't focus on it. So after us having this conversation, I'm not talking about it ever again. Okay. How are you and how are your highs and lows? I am great. I don't actually have anything to like pop into a high and like, no, but but it's because I don't know where it sits in the high and low spectrum. So I'm just going to pop it somewhere in the middle because I I think it's interesting. You can tell me if it's high or low. Okay. So this morning, Poppy, she's three. We have a really good friend of ours who's you know, getting towards the end of her pregnancy. So whenever she sees her partner without her, Poppy assumes that she's at the hospital having her baby. Oh, bless her. And I've said to her many times, I'm like, no, he will go with her to have the baby. You know, the baby's still in her tummy. She hasn't gone and had the baby. And then she just turns to me and she goes, how do babies get in mummy's tummies? And I was just, I was thrown for six on that one because I was like, I thought we had a good four (laughs) years years. before we had to talk about this. And look, we have talked about this on the podcast before Mm. with Juliet Allen. She is a sexologist and I highly recommend listening to that episode. But, you know, she talks about not making it a one-off chat and just making it something that you're very open with in your life. And Nick and I are conscious that we don't hide that like we don't we don't have sex in the lounge room in front of <laughs> them down. but Keep as in like PG. but we don't you know we we aren't ashamed of sex basically okay. I don't know how else to say it anyway so I was like okay well you're asking this is my opportunity to be honest and I told her I said you know babies get in mummies tummies from having sex and she said okay, and what does sex do? And I said, I didn't get into like penis in vagina. I just wanted to keep it quite surface Good. level for the first yeah, conversation. Yeah, ease into yeah, it. Yeah, ease into Don't it. scare her to death. And I said, well, daddy has sperm and mummy has an egg and they come together in mummy's tummy and they grow a baby in mummy's yeah, tummy. that's nice. But the thing that threw me, can I see a picture of sex? <laughs> and I was like, no, darling, no, you're not ready to see a picture of sex. <laughs> And anyway, the conversation kind of stopped there and she was happy with that and that was fine. And But then <laughs> she knows that like babies are born by coming out of a giny or out of yeah. a tummy, as she says. Like she knows that. But then she goes, I said, I, do- I can't show you a photo of sex, but do you want me to show you a video of Goldie being born? Cool. She sat down, watched a six and a half minute. She would have loved Lucky it. my pushing stage was so quick. It was only six <laughs> and a half minutes. Sat down and watched the whole thing. And it was actually great because there was a student midwife right like in front of the camera, like kind of blocking being able to see my vagina. So she could see me pushing, but she couldn't actually see Goldie like crowning. So oh, it was quite a PG. Oops. I showed my kids Oh, no, I think that's great too mm. and I probably would too, but it was kind of like a good gateway into the totally. topic because she could be like, mummy, why is there blood or like why is there blood on Goldie but without it being like, yeah. you know, like, whoa. whoa, Goldie's fully coming out of your vagina. Yeah. So, I, look, to be honest, when the conversation started, maybe I was like this could be a low of the week. I'm feeling like it's a high of I'm the week. I'm going to say it's a high. Yeah, and well done to you because you. I think that you took that very well and you handled it very well. Well, I figured I may, if she's asking now, it's almost easier to start the discussion now than starting the discussion when she's, say, seven and her being like, ew, that's gross. Yeah. I would rather it just be that, like, she kind of knows about it already and then so when she's seven, she can still be like, ew, that's gross, mummy and daddy have sex, but it's not like it's the first time she's hearing about it. Yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Make it a little bit more welcoming. So maybe we've got a little midwife in the making or something. Oh Doctor, obstetrician, midwife. I would not be surprised. Your whole family's just yeah, throwing them so we'll see. Or not. Or she can do something completely different. Well, on today's episode, we speak to my wonderful mother about being a young mum. She had me at 18 years of age. She was still in high school and we chat and she answers a lot of questions that came through relating to being a young mum. And also I think what was really interesting, her being the mum of one and why that is because I feel like that's not talked about enough. And also her being with the baby daddy still to this day. Your father. My dad, (laughs) a.k.a. my dad. So we really hope. And a little bit on perimenopause. Oh, yeah, perimenopause. She would have really loved to delve deep into that, but I think that needs a whole episode to itself. Once again, let us know if you're interested. 
but we really enjoyed chatting with my mama. And, and um, send in your rude or fabulous oh, to our DMs. I'm excited. Slip on into our Sh- DMs. Slide on in, girls and boys. And we hope you enjoy. Okay, everyone, we have a very special guest in the studio today. It is none other than Jade's own mum, Melissa. Thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure, girls. Woohoo! Hi, Mum. <laughs> now, I hope you don't mind that I called you a gilf on Instagram. Oh, please. I'm glad that no one can see me right now, though, because I've just had a shower, slicked back my hair, and minimal makeup. Yeah, you're looking fresh. No, you're looking fab. Now, Jade, what did you have to bribe your mother with to come on? I had to bribe her with absolutely nothing. She basically begged me to be on the podcast. Uh, that's not true at all, actually. We will apologise. We did offer my mum a seat as well on the podcast and she politely declined. My dad is the talker of the two of them and they've been married for however many thousand years and he's never, ever heard her do any public speaking. So she said, that is my worst nightmare. No, <laughs> Melissa can do it for me. I know her. She feels, but I'll I'll take one for the team. Oh, shush! You're like Jade. You can't shut up if we paid you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Now, Jade, how are you feeling? Are you feeling nervous? Are you feeling good? How are we feeling today? Well, now that you just asked me if I'm nervous, maybe I am. Should we be? Yeah. No, I'm feeling good. I think this is great. There was some really good questions that came in, and the best one that Mum will absolutely love is. Uh, I can't believe that she's your mother. I totally thought this whole time she was your sister. Oh, great. Now we've blown that one. Now we will get into that more because really there are families that do have kids that are the age difference of you two. We'll get into that soon. But first we're going to start with the most important question of the lot and that is why the hell did you spell Jade's name with a Y in the middle? Because I have never once seen anyone write it No, correctly. and I, I know it's Jade's struggle with it too over the years, but I think it's character building to be honest and that's why I did it, just so, <laughs> just so we could build some sort of resilience. When I think about it, though, I wanted Jade to be Ashley Jade. So it was always going to be Ashley Jade, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, when she was born, Richard decided after she was born that My she- My Oh, sorry, that's Not a Jade's, random guy in the Jade's, corner. Jade's father decided that she looked more like a Jade than an Ashley. And at that point, I was, do whatever you want, call her Bob, I don't care. <laughs> Thanks. Um, and then it was Jade. So Whoever then it was Jade are, and it was always going to have a whiner because I just think it's, to me, it was more feminine and it was a distraction from the the mineral, you know, the, the jewellery gemstone or whatever you call it is. So I just wanted to differentiate a little bit. So sorry about that. No, I actually really like it. I like that my name's not, you know, it's a little bit different because I'm a little bit different and I don't mind the why. I feel like a balance balances out the whole name. I agree. I love it. But I just, from someone who who spells my name basically the one way it can be spelt, I've been amazed now that we have a joint email address that literally I would say 98% of the emails that come in say Jade, 1.5% say London and the other 0.5% say Jade. We, <laughs> we, we do still have a few family members that for some reason say my name and spell my name J-A-D-E. So look, it happens to the best of us. Yeah, but, you know, resilience, she gets through it. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. It's it's a character building, as you said. Now, seriously moving on, you became a mum when you were 18, is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, I just turned 18 pretty much. And what on earth was that like? Well, you know, it was a, a lovely surprise. Yeah, well, talk, it was us through surprise. The dis- talk us through the, the surprise because you obviously didn't plan that one being one of five, the oldest of five. 100%. Yeah, no, definitely not planned, but, you know, very, very welcome now. We're just, um, we just, I would never change anything, obviously, but back then. 33 years yeah, later. Yeah, I'm glad I'm welcome now. I've pretty much <laughs> Thanks, just, just sort of got my head around it now in the last year or so, but no, it's been... <laughs> Um, but at the time, yeah, it was a surprise without a doubt. You know, I didn't find out until probably three months after having not having mm-hmm. a period, you know, and I think then your options are sort of taken away from you then because it's three months, it's sort of over that date where you can easily just go and thank goodness for me because so it wasn't an option for me. But having said that, I... I remember going and speaking to or my, my parents took me just to speak to someone like a psychologist to sort of get my head around really? what was in front of me, yeah. And um, How were they when, when you told them? Wow, they were shocked. I mean, they were shocked. They were always so supportive but very surprised, you know, like it's, 
it's something you sort of hear from other families probably too that you don't yeah. expect your own child to sort of go down that path. But my husband's mum and dad, so Jade's grandparents, were actually overjoyed by it, like, like as if we were planning it for the last five years <laughs> trying to have a child. It was, you know, bless them. So, finally. <laughs> finally, about time at 18, yeah. So, yeah, but yeah. getting back to the psychologist, I remember going there and they just wanted to get an idea if I was able to cope being 18 and, I don't know, getting my head around the whole thing. And their ultimate result was that, yes, I was, you know, psychologically able to cope with a child and that there'd be no reason for me to not go ahead with rearing a child and I would have all the wherewithal, obviously with a lot of family help and things like that. And honestly, I look, I used to look back at that professional, I guess, discussion and acknowledgement and say, well, I've got this because they think I have. They've, they've sat me you down and confidence. had a chat. And that was sort of a lot of that was, you know, helped me through all the, you know, tougher times, I suppose. And your mum, so my grandma, Nana, yeah. is what I call her. So at the time she had five children and her youngest was how old when you were pregnant? Well, Jane, who's my youngest sister, is she would have been three, I think, when you were born. When I was born. Yeah. So she was two wow. and a Yeah, well, yeah. come on, Jade, do the math. Whatever, nine yeah. months minus... Yeah. yeah. So she was, I think, yeah, there's a three year age gap between yeah. you two. So, and then, you know, then I've got my brother who's the next youngest who has Down syndrome. So mum, you know, she's, she's busy rearing five children. And, and then her older daughter tells her that she's pregnant while well, all that's happening as well. So yeah. I, I think we need to get Nana on. Just to have a chat about I this. I know. She she would. She, oh, God, your mum's only just joined us and you're already okay. here. I know. Settle down. Sorry, it's yeah, someone else. Down, aren't I enough? And so how long had you and Richard been together at this point? Like how was that for your relationship both being so young? Well, we'd been together for two solid years. So, you know, it wasn't a, a fly-by-night thing. So, you know, we had the chance to sort of get to know each other and I think get to a point where even though we're only 18, we sort of knew that we, you know, that we loved each other and we were going to be together forever no matter what. And that really hasn't changed yeah. since. And were you still at school at this point? Yeah. So I was doing VCE. So that I was in my VCE year and I was at the very start of the VCE year. So the, the majority of the and whole of the year, year was 12 pregnant. for pretty much everyone in Australia. Sorry, that's year. the Victorian curriculum. Yeah. So yeah. it's year 12 for everyone else. Yeah, so we just I just got on with it and I was advised just to get on with it. My parents supported and encouraged me to stay at school and complete year 12 and not treat having a baby as some sort of life-changing Did you have morning in a negative sickness? way? Oh yeah, I had morning sickness. Oh yeah, that was shocking. 3 months for the first trimester for sure. Wow. And feeling unwell and not finding out till three months, do you think part of that was denial or you truly did not know you no, were pregnant? No, it was definitely denial. Like, you know, it's funny, yeah. you, you're only source back then. You couldn't go yeah. to Google or anything like that. But I'd have like Clio and Cosmo and Chloe. Oh, what was the other one? A Dolly magazine. Yeah, yeah. And they were your Bibles. And then you'd read an article on someone that, you know, she missed her period for two months, but that's because she had some viral infection or, you know, she had something else. So I just sort of kept thinking, yeah. oh, maybe it's just that and maybe it's just this. And yeah, but I think deep down I probably knew. But tell them the story because didn't your mum, didn't Nana find... Oh, contraceptive yeah. pill. So Richard and I, this is this is how ironic, this is how Jade is so meant to be here. So we finally decided, Richard and I, that we would, you know, should go down the track of getting on the contraceptive pill and doing all that. And, and that's really a, a hard thing to sort of navigate when you don't have your own Medicare card. So before mm. becoming 18, you don't mm. have access to that. And I didn't want to tell mum, you know, it was just that awkward thing. And anyway, eventually we found a way and saw a doctor and they prescribed the pill. And they said to me at the time, don't take it until your next period and then start to take it once you've finished. Oh my gosh. And in that time, in that window of opportunity, Jade comes along. Hello. So, but yeah, I'm, so, I'm pretty sure because of that reason they tell you to start it straight away now. They do. They do. Because yeah. you. They knew what was coming and so that's that's what they said. So then getting back to what Jade was alluding to with the prescription was so that I got the script and until I was ready to fill it, I put it in at the bottom of my drawers, at the very bottom of the last drawer I sort of kept it and thought, oh, no one's going to find that, you know. Then I went away. We, it's next to my vibrator. Yeah, no exactly. All those things that are under there. Gross. And then I went away. I don't know where I went. Way on holidays for a bit. Come back. Mum and Kelly go, oh, we've changed your room around. Yippee. I don't know what put, would possess them to change my room around. But anyway, well, that's another that's another conversation <laughs> for my mum and sister. But they picked up the chest of drawers and to move it and, of course, 
the drawer went They've off. They've taken the drawers out and there's this prescription mum picks up and sees it. So when I come back from being away, and part of that being away was actually finding out that I was pregnant, right? So I come back, mum says, oh, gosh, shows me the prescription, says, look what I found. And she said, I think that's great, a really responsible thing for you. <laughs> Could you imagine? Like the timing. So anyway, the next day. This is not funny, know, but it is so now, funny. It's a really good story to tell, but at the time it was just. And what did you say? Well, I went, yeah, you know, we're trying to do the right thing. And then the next, oh. morning, next, next morning I said to Jade's dad, I said, you need, you need to tell her. I can't even tell her. So he told her. And, um, yeah, anyway, that was, yeah, it was a shock. But, you know, as I said, mum had the wherewithal to cope with another child. God, she's got five yeah. and two youngins, so what's another one? And not taking away from the beautiful person that Jade is now and no regrets, do you think if you found out earlier you would have considered getting a termination? Oh, look, it's hard to say. Like if I was back in the day, would I do that? I, I don't know. You know, I think that would be an option that maybe I would consider, but I can't say whether I would actually go down that track. You know, it's. I mm. think that's something that it is hard, isn't it? Because even me being here because of the story that you have, yeah. if Mia came to me at 17 or 18, well, who am I and who are you to tell her what to do? Well, she would forever remember that. So it's got to be her decision. But, you know, she's got to have an educated, make that an educated decision and an informed decision. I think that's really where it's at. You know, adoption could have been another option for me too, but there was no way. It's not for me. And there's a lot of people out there adopting their own children. That's fabulous. And it's probably best for, you know, mum and and child at the time, but it wasn't for me. That was never an option. So I'm glad that my options were reduced. Do you think because you were, say, 15 years nearly older than your youngest sibling, you maybe more than some others had a pretty realistic understanding of what looking after children meant? Absolutely. And I think too that I had the wherewithal to cope with a baby. You know, we used to get up in the middle of the night and bottle feed um, my brother and sister and not because mum no. asked us to, we wanted to. We would take it in turns to do that. You know, we no. were absolutely enthralled with them. And, you know, the second youngest has Down syndrome and he was just the light of our lives. Every every milestone he that he – Yeah, every milestone that he would get through was just the biggest thing ever because he was Downs. And, and then Jane came along, the little bambino. But, see, you know, Jane came along and I was late teens, of course. And But, yeah, no, definitely I had what it took to really take on having a child, I think. Oh, in a lot clearly. Of ways. I mean, Jade's a testament to that. Thanks, Sophie. And how did your peers at school respond? Like was it more common to have a baby at 18? I'm not saying back in the olden days. I mean it really wasn't that long ago. But was it more common then? Definitely not. I don't think there was anyone at my school that I can remember ever being pregnant that I knew about anyway. Um, But because I think I was pregnant obviously at the start of HSC and then delivered mm. Jade, you know, during October tests and, you know, so it was it was pretty much the whole year through that everyone knew about it. But everyone, for the most part, teachers, friends, peers, people I didn't even know at the school were so supportive and so caring oh, and understanding. Yeah, it was really, I was really lucky. And my head, my mum and dad went and saw the year level coordinator and um, he was just fantastic too. And I, I can't fault any of the teachers. They were great. So did dad go to your school? No. Okay. Separate schools. And after you gave birth, did you go back to school? No, because I'd, well, I'd finished year 12. Oh, so you had finished and then you gave birth? No, I gave birth during October tests. So I don't know whether they do October tests now, but it's sort of like a prelim <laughs> leading into the final exam. Sophie's laughing. Have you ever heard of them? Oh. Uh, well, um, <laughs> I just don't know if it's the same curriculum 33 years Well, it's later. my, this is, no, no, right. <laughs> Anyway, it was like a sort of a, a practice exam, I think, for your finals. And back then, can I just say, a lot of focus was on passing those exams too. You don't just pass. Like I think I feel like everyone just passes now because you like I don't know. You attend school and you pass. Settle down. I know, but don't honestly, take, don't take the uh, hard work out of I know, everyone. But honestly, like back then, if you didn't pass English, for example, one subject, you fail. So you have to part. You had to have passed English. So there was a lot of pressure. Anyway, so I think that's why they maybe did October tests to sort of relieve that. But that counted towards your your final marks too. So because I had Jade oh. during October test, they allowed me to come sit them in November after I'd had Jade, and then I went on to have exams after that. So it was it was great. And so how did you attend school after Jade was born? So. I would get a lift, I think. Yeah, I would have got a lift to school. As if I'm Jade would remember. Yeah, Hang on, like, let me yeah, think. Yeah, no, I did get a lift. <laughs> um, oh, no, I would have. Yeah, I, I was in the capsule. Um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, because I didn't get my licence till I was 19. So. I remember sitting on the Oval. 
smoking. (laughs) No, I think, so Richard's mum probably drove me back then. Like Judy, Richard's mum was, she took some leave to help after Jade was born, which was fabulous. Good old nan. I know. And she's still obsessed with Jade to this day and she would have driven me. But, you know, back then it was because it was year 12, you sort of just went when you needed to go. A lot of the stuff. Would I go with you? Sometimes you did, yeah. Sometimes I took you in and people would ogle you in the common room and, yeah. No, it was it was great. Were you able to breastfeed? Yeah, so physically I was able to breastfeed, but you know, because I was busy with exams and I was busy with certain mm. other things, I was sort of advised, and I don't know if that's one of the regrets that I have now is that if I could change anything back then it probably would breastfeed. You know, I used to get to you'd take a pill to dry up the milk yeah, yeah, or whatever yeah. essentially and but I'd forget and then I'd rock up to school with <sighs> these wet patches. Oh my gosh. Oh. So yeah, so I would have been able to. My mum did struggle with breastfeeding, I think with with me anyway. Do you think breastfeeding and the stigma on it now is way more important than what it was and portrayed when you were raising me? Yeah, I think like today there's a lot of focus on breastfeeding, you know, breast is best and all mm. that sort of thing, which I get, but for a lot of people that can't do it and whether that's physically can't do it or, you know, just environmentally you can't do it because you're busy and you've got things on or mm. mentally you can't do it. I think that yes, okay, let's let's find out all the good things about breastfeeding, but also don't put the pressure on around doing it. Totally. But certainly back then there was no pressure. I think back then it was probably more, I don't know, bottle fed. There was a lot of baby formulas out there and it was, you know, it wasn't as if it was a lack of it. And it probably wasn't quite as accepted back then to breastfeed as openly in in public as it is now. Absolutely. So that was another thing to consider, you know, seeing in the common room breastfeeding with a whole bunch of Mm. boys and girls, you know what I mean? It was was probably something that I didn't envision. And did you make a conscious decision to stop at one child? I mean, Jade always says, well, you can't beat perfection. So did you just decide, well, quit while I'm ahead? Well, you know what made it easier? It actually was that the fact that, you know, she was a pretty easy birth, you know, as far as births go. And she was a great baby. You know, she slept. Every I was four actually hours. a nine out of nine on my app guard no, you test. Were, you weren't. Oh, 10. I was going to say, yeah, you got the top score. Yeah. So. Not that that's no, we're not. something you sort of yeah. judge yourself by. But um, yeah, she was pretty much perfect. And yeah, she was a really good baby. So she was really easy. Which would make you think that you would go back because you've had an easy one. But I mm. sort of jumped into a career in banking and Richard was busy doing, you know, working for various things and, and we were just planning our lives and we were happy just with one. And I came from a family of five, remember, so I was enjoying the peace of just having, you know, and one. I And I mm. secretly would go out because I, when I got to the age of eight, I sort of knew what sexy time was. So I never wanted to <coughs> say to mum and dad. We can say sex no, on we this can't. podcast. I actually went and saw a Not phys- when it comes to mum yeah, no, yeah, and dad. No, I saw a physio yesterday and I could say butthole, but I couldn't say vagina. And she goes, Jade, it's vagina. And I go, yeah, I know. I just, I feel like I can't say it like still and she's like okay that's right moving on but anyway getting back to where I was going where was I going (laughs) I I have absolutely I don't know how we ended up on buttholes I I always end up on some sort of appendage of the human body but yeah (laughs) oh yeah so when I knew what that was I didn't want to say to my mum and dad hey I want to have a brother or sister because I knew what they would have to do to get one so I was really embarrassed so what I would used to do and I don't even know I don't know if you even know this but I used used to sit out the back because I was an only child and I'd just make up, you know, games. You know how you do he loves me, he loves me not? Mm. So mm. I would do that and be like, I'm getting a brother or sister. I'm not. I'm getting a brother or sister. I'm not. And I would do that that many times and then I'd wish on dandelions that I would ha- get a brother or sister. You were always going to end up in Byron Bay, girl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, no. But Peace, love and harmony. I always wanted one. But you're like, I'll pray on the dandelions and then mum and dad don't have to have sex. But I would say, like, that's a really long time for you guys to also avoid getting pregnant like I even say now like Nick and I would like to have another child and that'll mean three but I will probably only be early 30s and I'm like wow that's like actually even then I feel like that's a long time to then go still likely being fertile without having children so I feel like having a child at 18 you've got a long time ahead of you to like 
actively not get pregnant. Well, yeah. you just become good at it. You know, you find ways, you know. Gross. I know, this is probably too much info. Disgusting. But I mean, I was on the contraceptive pill for a long time too, which never really agreed with me, I must say. You know? Neither. Mm. I went, through, yeah, well, I had, you know, my body produces too much estrogen. So we had to get the balance right. And, and in the end, I think I went off that whole thing at age 30. So it's really from 30 onwards that, you know, you start using different methods and ways, but, you know, we, we, <laughs> we obviously made it through. I'm really just trying not no, to visualise no, no, no. here. So, but the funny thing is when the window... How interesting that you guys use the same method. Oh, oh, oh okay. come on. You're, you're sick, <laughs> Sophie. Yeah. You're still with Richard to this day and if I look back at who I dated when I was in school, if I had have accidentally got pregnant... I don't think there's any way that I would still be with them now, let alone in another 20 or so years. How? Like how have you managed to change so much in that time but obviously yeah, change together? Yeah, I think together? that's the important thing is that, you know, I, I don't know, call it luck. Call it good selection process maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I mean we both took each other off the market pretty yeah. bloody quickly. So, you know, I think I snevelled him because, you know, you get down to core values and things like that. And I think everything else you can work out along the way. But importantly too is I think you need to work through and you need to grow together. You need to share the same interests consistently. You need to have the same drive from a career perspective. You know, you sort of, you need to work through those things together and not always agree because you don't. But on the whole, <laughs> you know what I mean? You can, you, you basically just, you get through. Knowing that he is the one ultimately, there's never really been a question around that. It was just how we're going to navigate it, how we're going to get there. And we didn't really have any major tools. We didn't go and see marriage counselling or anything like that. But you should if you need to. 100%. But back then, God, no, that was not. didn't do it. That was not like it is today, you know, where, uh, you know. I you, feel like back then you weren't allowed to whinge about no, anything. No, you probably weren't. And who do you whinge to? Like there's no socials. It's just you whinge to your, your closest friends and your family potentially and, and your husband. Yeah. That's, That's it. How did you go about finding friends? Because, I mean, so many of your friends of your age would have been at such a different stage of their life. Did you have no. older friends? No, I didn't. I had all my friends were pretty much the same age as me and they came along for the ride. You know, they would always spend time at our house because obviously travelling for us was not really on the cards because we had, Jade mm. had to be in bed at certain times and, you know, we were responsible young adults. And oh, I remember being at the pub and just <laughs> in a corner with two. There wasn't a pub, there were restaurants. We two didn't chairs, pubs. two chairs pushed together asleep. Two screeners. Yeah, 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 yeah. but, you know, Jade, I say my friends came along for the ride, but Jade pretty much came along for the ride too. You know, we wouldn't let her get in the way with anything that we wanted to do. And likewise, she just came and did everything with us. She played golf with Richard. You know, she would mm. come out to dinners with us. And if she was tired, she'd just fall asleep. That's what I mean. She was just so easy. So easy. I was never going to upset that little avocado by having another one. And did you find that on the other end it was so great because you had such freedom when you were relatively young like I mean so what's the maths when you were 40 she was what 22 yeah but the uh funnily enough like as my window of opportunity to have any further kids was closing I then decided oh I think I want another one you know do I do I try and fit another one in mm. you know start early mm. and have another one when you're late really and I remember actually speaking to mum about it and she said to me she said I'll give you one piece of advice she said think hard and long and I just want to tell you that when your baby will be say six or seven you'll be going into perimenopause I think she just said menopause at the time because I don't think peri existed mm -hmm. back then and I thought oh yeah whatever mum like seriously now I just look mm. back at that and go she's so spot on because it's a it'd be a tough gig to do mm. to go through menopause and full menopause mm. and and then have a you know a young child to look after as well anyways yeah we gave it a year but I think talking work. about having one child is really important because some people wrote in saying I've only got one child but I think I'm done but I think that it's such a like a default question that people ask you like when your first child say 18 months or so everyone starts going so when's your next child assuming that everybody wants to have like two or more and I think people are sometimes made to feel selfish if they do want to stop at one but as you said like one was fitting in with your life like why uproot that if you feel content and exactly. done and Jade's turned out yeah <laughs> yeah Thanks, even though she's still you know she's pulling out those dandelion petals 
Oh, God. there's no tomorrow. But Bless my heart. We had cats and dogs and, and I had, everything in between. And I had kids. And I dolls. had a great life and dolls. But I had lots that, of friends. Lots of friends. But I ended up having children relatively early at 25. So, you yeah. know, lucky she didn't have. Oh, so I was going to say we gave it a year. Like when I was 38 or 39, I gave it a year. I just thought, you know what? Gross. No contraception. You know, we didn't plan anything specifically. We just went, right, oh, we're not just, we're not going to use anything. And it, nothing happened. So to me, I can mm. look back and say, well, no regrets, gave it a crack, didn't happen, wasn't meant to be. And thankfully, you know, five years later, here comes Mia mm. and I'm able to solely focus on my grandchildren mm. without having the distraction of my own children. So I can safely What's it say like that, when your child becomes a mother? Oh, it's scary. It's fear of the unknown, I think, like how things are going to turn out. But honestly, I, looking at Jade now, after Mia was born, she's just the best mum and you know, I was so proud of the way that she raised and cared for Mia. Just so, just her attention was just so focused on her and her well-being and her care and her love for for me was so gorgeous that I had nothing to worry about. Do you find that now in this day and age of me being a parent, we are so focused on parenting and uh, being mothers and yeah. back in your day and I am going to say your day yeah it just wasn't much of a focus you just did it because you get on with it yeah it was pretty much like everything um like we, if, we we really do question and analyze and overanalyze 100%. everything don't we but see I'm at the other end of the spectrum where I'm now talking and focusing and honing in on menopause you know because yeah. that's where mm. my stage of life is at and then I talk to my mum she goes oh no no I didn't really I had a few hot flushes and yeah I was a bit you know crotchety but what's mum asked me the other day what is perimenopause because I think that terminology was something that wasn't around back in the day and what is it Mm. well perimenopause is that period leading up to menopause which can be much more sort of a volatile period than actual menopause itself and that can start from say four early 40s onward and sometimes even before and is that hot flushes and mood swings well it's more the mood swings I think the more it's more around that the hot flushes sort of come you know once you're in that full well, no, they can I come in like period too. I already got hot flushes I know, now. and I'm, having, I'm really sweaty now. I don't know if you can see, but yeah, okay, it's just getting so. a bit of a hot. No, you look But, like, the female body is absolutely incredible, but it's also an absolute pain at the same time. Like, it's like you go through periods and then when you're not having your period, it might be because you're pregnant and then pregnancy isn't necessarily the greatest joy either and childbirth and isn't necessarily a joy either. And then, and then, or, and then once it's ready to shut up shop, it, like, puts you through hellish perimenopause and then once you pass menopause all your vagina goes dry and it's just like oh come on give us a break but the the good thing is now that we're talking about it there is conversations around it you know a lot of social media information on there and a lot of podcasts that are doing it now too and I think that with a lot of motherhood questions because we do have a social media source or a lot of them if someone needed support you could quite confidently say that you can find it. You can, yeah. like, if you are a single mother or you are a young mother and you need to find a resource out there to make you feel, you know, understood, then you can access that now. Because I was going to ask before how you said that, like, in your day you kind of, like, get on with it. So do you think it's a positive that there is all this information and people talking about it or do you think sometimes it puts too much emphasis on things we shouldn't be worrying about? I think so. Sometimes I look at it. I think, I mean, information is just key to everything, isn't it? I mean, having as much information as you can around any issue is probably fabulous. But I think there's a lot of focus on motherhood, uh, raising children, the pressures of losing weight after pregnancy, you know, eating the right things. Do I eat the baby's placenta? Do I do or do I go down that road? You know, I don't know. There's just so much stuff. It was a lot simpler back then. It was a lot simpler back in my great grandparents' day too. So as the generations mm. go on, I think it becomes and a I, lot harder. I do say that to Nan when I call her and I say, you know, I don't want to whinge because I feel like I have it easier than what you did back in the day when you had to do your hand washing and you didn't have this and you didn't and she would stop and say no Jade it's actually the opposite she's like you guys have social media you have you know extra things that you have to worry about now like machines breaking down and so many other elements in life on top of what we had Mm. so in ways they are easier but in a lot of other ways they're a lot harder and it puts a lot of strain on your mental health yeah I mean I've worked for the majority majority of you know Jade's childhood full-time and um, that's a lot to do you know working and 
raising a child and having the mum guilt. But I was lucky I had so much help. I mean, obviously Jade's dad was my number one supporter and, and he obviously helped raise Jade and he was very much hands-on. And, and then, of course, I had my sister Kelly who was pretty much lived with us on and off when Jade was a baby helping us because she was pretty au fait with raising children too. Having She's not that much younger than me. You guys are, what, eight, 18 months apart? 20 months. 20 months yeah. apart. Yeah, and she was great and she'd, she'd get up in the middle of the night and feed you. So, you know, I, I just had heaps of support. I know, bless her. Do you think there's any other major differences in when you raised Jade to now, like our time now? Well, I think the, the, the pretty obvious one is just social media, being able to share and create your own community as, as large or as little mm. as you want without physically going out there. I, I, I think in my day, I don't think there were even mother's groups really in my day. I was... We lived in Pakenham at the time. Richard worked for Ingham's and we were fairly remote, I remember, for the first sort of, I don't know, 18 months. But how did you Davis feel being like that? Oh, it was full on. Like it was pretty full on. And then I, then I got a job, I think, with CBL, State Bank, whatever it was back then. And then working was great. I loved working and, you know, taking it all on and just doing the whole thing rather than staying at home so isolated. But I guess if I looked back and could have had a mother's group or could have created some correspondence or some sort of language or connection on socials, things might have been a bit easier. Would that have been rare though 33 years ago or maybe it wasn't quite 33 years ago, a little bit less, but working full-time as a mother? Um, Perhaps not rare for someone my age. I don't know. Mm. I, I, I looked at it from my age perspective and I just finished VC. I wanted to keep the ball rolling. Mm. I wanted to just... You know, I don't know whether I was scared if I stopped doing that, but I did actually take some time off during that time at Pakenham, you know, where we lived out there. And I like that you're looking at me like, oh, yeah, 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 you did, I remember. (laughs) (laughs) I got photos to prove it, which was sort of a a good 12 months, 12 to 18 months off. And, you know, that was nice. She was at a beautiful age and that was all fun. But, yeah, then I, um, when I say take it off because I was studying at TAFE, I was doing various things there, banking and finance and things like that and... She also has not mentioned that I had a few, what do you call it, seizures. Oh, febrile convulsions. Oh, my gosh. They were the worst. And you didn't know and because you were in such a remote area, like how did you deal with having a baby turn blue and stop breathing? Well, so febrile convulsions are, I think they're like genetic in our family, that the hereditary because I later found out that I had them and my cousin had them. But when she first had one it was so frightening she'd had a fever and obviously with the convulsion it's, it's the body's way of cooling itself down and but they never got easier I mean you, your eyes go back in your head and you just oh, so it's, it's like hideous. my body just resets you, just, you were you were convulsing you were like fishing that's what it is and can you mm. die from that or not I don't think well they say if it's a simple febrile convulsion you can't but there's different factors that mean that it's, you know, not something to worry about other than the fact your child is fitting, which is obviously innately you're going to be worried about versus more complex seizures. Yeah, right. Did you even have telephones back in your day? Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, you didn't have a mobile phone back we then. We definitely didn't have a mobile phone. So it was all landline. Yeah. We definitely, you know, Alexander Graham Bell was definitely on the scene. <laughs> so what happened was, yeah, we just rang the doctor, I think we called an ambulance, raced you down to hospital and they they just confirmed, yeah, she's got a fever because she's got some sort of flu or virus and this is the body's way of doing it. And then she had about four more over the years, but we ended up taking her to a paediatrician who prescribed some medication and she never had another one after that. So, And you grow out of Kids grow out of them for yeah. the most part. So, totally. And now I can't deal with heat, so oh, here we and, are. But not only that, I remember, I remember when Mia was born, I just – and it, would she get a like fever. A fever and I'd just be waiting for her mm. yeah, to fit. But she never – none of your kids ever had no, thankfully. Wood, yeah, yeah, no. So good. Back to the grandparent side of things. Like my dad said that the day that Poppy was born, so his first grandchild, was like the best day of his life because he just said like being a grandparent is all the good stuff of being a parent but without having to do any of the arduous, boring, disciplinary side of actual parenting. Do you feel the same about being a grandparent? Yeah, absolutely. Like I say that to everybody too that it's just and until you become a grandparent, you don't I don't think you really understand what I'm talking mm. about, but it's about that love for a child where you can sort of it's almost like, you know, you're 
raising these children, but you've got a full-time nanny in the mum, yeah. in Jade. Jade's the full-time nanny and I can just have the fun and Jade's cleaning mm. up and she's changing the pooey nappies on the most part and and she's going through all the, the, the tough stuff and I'm just there, you know, showering them with gifts and taking them out on Except yesterday, cream. yesterday when you arrived up from Melbourne, you, Yumi, was walking around with her knickers and Mia goes, there's a poo in her knickers, I can see it. And mum looks at me and I just nod at her and raise my wine glass <laughs> so she had to change it. I know. That was the first and only time I'm doing that. As Welcome home. But, no, I love it. It's the best thing. I know part of me wishes that I could have been an auntie before I was a mum because, I mean, on Nick's side we had the first baby only by four days, but obviously when I became an auntie on that side it was very much wrapped up in yeah. my yeah. own newborn yeah. process. and then. On my side of the family, my niece is 18 months younger than Poppy or something and part of me is like, oh, I so wish I got to do that auntie thing before I became I, a parent. I agree because my, well, I'm an only child obviously, but my husband has one sister, Greta, and she had her first child, Kavani, who is my nephew, six months after Yumi. So they're really, really close in age. But once again, I haven't had that time and been able to have that really nice, strong bond with him mm. because I have your three other rugrats that I'm... Yeah. yeah. But somehow that woman manages to not only look after her son, but she's like, oh, I'll have all three of them or I'll take the older two or I'll do this, and she's so happy to do it. But I guess it comes back to you not being the actual parent. Yeah. You know, or the whoever you are. Well, it's like when your child goes to daycare. Like the other day, so Goldie's 14 months now, she slept on a stretcher at daycare. And I was like, if she was not confined to a cot in our house, there would not be one wink of sleep. They're different yeah, so they're humans when they're not behaved. with their parents. Yes, yeah. yeah, they are. How was it for you, Melissa, when Jade was going through postnatal depression and postnatal anxiety? Well, it was. I think it was tough for us because we weren't necessarily around even in the same state sometimes. So that that was really hard. So we would be on the phone with her quite mm. a lot and having lots of chats and especially, you know, Jade and her dad would have a lot of conversations around anxiety and, you know, because I think back in the day he suffered a little bit of that as well and so they were able to to talk around that. And so we would just have conversations and just, you know, try and talk to each other but it was pretty tough. You know, that's something you don't want, you know, anyone to go through but I think, you know, we just knew that Jade was, she would always sort of discuss it with us and Mm. you could tell from what she was saying that she was sort of she'd got she was on top of a lot of it she would know the avenues to go down to get help we would try and you know navigate that with her as well and I think I took comfort in the fact that Harry's there as well and he was very supportive but it's you know it's not no it's it's not a nice thing to go through as a parent to see your child suffering like that. Did you feel like you saw changes in her before she was like officially diagnosed with postnatal? Uh, yeah, I think I'd noticed a bit of a sort of like, not, I don't want to say hysteria, but you know, remember when before Yumi was born, she was getting a little bit sort of um, erratic. Yeah, yeah, there was a bit of an erratic nature to her. She was sort of all over the shop and she was getting checked on this and getting checked on that. And there were so many things. And I would say to her, just, you know, just relax. This is your third. You'll be, you'll be okay. But I think um, well, I remember, that was the lead into it. I remember going after having Yumi, we went up to the lighthouse and I had this conversation with someone at the cafe and dad turned around actually and he said he's like you were really like short like real snappy and I said I have every right to be and I actually then had a go at him and then I sat back and I thought I am not usually ever like this I'm I'm really not a confrontational fiery person so something's going on and that's when I went and just checked in with my doctor and it all unfolded but Mm. um yeah it was it was nice that he was like hey you're not usually like this. Why yeah. did you do that? So he called it out. Yeah. Yeah, which was a good thing. Coming from a generation that didn't use social media or have mobile phones, do you find the amount that Jade shares on social media weird or are you encouraging of it or how does it sit with you? Um, oh, look, I encourage it to the most part. There's some things I go, oh, my gosh. Like what? Creepers. Yeah, like what? Probably more like when she's mucking around with Greta and they've they've probably had three red wines in and I think I think to myself, I, do I sit and watch this unravel or <laughs> do I just stop now? But, you know, I think she, she pulls it together 
like most of the time I go, oh, thank goodness she got through that okay because anything can happen with after yes. the second glass of mm. red, let's be serious. Absolutely. No, I think she keeps it pretty professional and pretty fun and pretty true to herself, so I actually admire that too. I remember like my mum's quite private but my dad is quite open but I'm a very like open person like the things that I share on social media are very similar to the types of things that I would happily talk about with someone having just met them like it's not abnormal for me and I remember the first time I ever did a Q&A on Instagram and my mum was like to me like I don't think everyone needs to know all of that shit and I was like okay yeah that's fair like I know it's really weird for you because that's not something that you're used to but it's also things I would be more than happy to talk about with an acquaintance or even with a stranger and things that I think need to be talked about more and things that I'm not ashamed of so I, I ask that in the way that I fully understand if you found it odd it is just a different way now that people do things and a different way that people communicate. That's 100%. I think aside from the social media, your generation are much more open with the things that they want to talk about. Like I'm more open than my mum was and she was probably mm. more open than her mum was. So as generations go on, Yumi's going to be loose. But (laughs) I am a real unfiltered human being whereas I, whatever is on my chest, it will always be in conversation you know I, I don't leave a lot in inside me I do tell yeah. everything and you know I, sometimes I do wake up after having a few friends and then look back at my stories and go oh fuck whoops but See? you know what it is what it is I'm human I'm real everyone else you know can That's see people that love you though and well and if they don't as Good long as you. you're not crass, as long as you're not offending anybody, hmm. you know, just be yourself. Hmm. But you're always going to offend people, unfortunately. If you're talking about something that's even remotely worthwhile, there's always a chance you're going to offend someone. Yeah, but it is never my intention. All right, to finish off, and thank you so much for spending your time with us today, if you could go back and do any part of parenting differently, what would that be or what would you do? Well, firstly, I would invest in Zoom. I would also probably give Mr. Zuckerberg a run for his money and try and invent Facebook before him. Oh, well, this is all hypothetical, isn't it? <laughs> we're talking we didn't about ask what to do parenting. in Silicon Valley. We <laughs> yeah. asked about parenting. But no, that's just, you just asked what I would do differently. That's what I would do. I'd invest. She's um, like, I would heavily. do that and then I would hire a full-time nanny or a crew of full-time <laughs> nannies that would exactly. raise Jade for me and I'd be in the fucking that's Maldives. Right. That's where I was heading. That's exactly right. <laughs> we'll see you there. No, so aside from those things, I probably, I don't know, I don't think I... I don't look back with regret a lot. You know, I'm not one to mm. sort of go back and say, oh, I wish I had done that and why did I do that? You get on with your life. You do things to the best you can and you just keep moving forward. And I think that's really my whole adage in life. And you spend too much time looking back, you just get stuck there. You just got to keep moving, mm. keep yep. looking forward, keep being positive. And, and I'm just glad that she's, you know, grown up to be a fabulous person, a great mum, a great wife and, a you know, a tremendous daughter and Stop it. You're making me blush. I know. She's not going to be able to leave the potty pot. Love you, Mum. Thanks so much for coming on. I know. I love this. When's when's the next interview, guys? Thank you so much. And Shimmy will be very happy with you for doing it for her. You're welcome. And Dr. Timmy, we will look forward to hearing from him soon. He's coming soon. He's he's on standby. We're going to love you and leave you and we're going to go and celebrate and have a wine before we pick up the kids. That's oh, what wow. I think. Oh, what? No, I can't. No, you, you and me. Oh, you and I. <laughs> Good. I thought you <laughs> meant you and Sophie. <laughs> no, Sophie's on Zoom because of COVID. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. Thank you, legends. Have the best time together. Love Thank you. Thanks, so. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Bump. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and give us a review. If you didn't, Good on you. You can also follow us on Instagram at beyondthebump.podcast to stay up to date on behind the scenes and future episodes. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.